everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And we have reached the end, everybody. This is it. This is it, the last week of Ordinary Time season after Pentecost, however you'd like to describe it. This is it. This is Christ the King Sunday. Uh, Unbelievable. The Christ the King Sunday is always marks the end of ordinary time in the fall. And and so next week is Advent 1. Christ the King, originally Christ the King of the universe. But today we're going to hear a gospel reading from Matthew 25, which you're going to see is the Son of Man sitting on a throne. So there's always some sort of kingship throne glory language on Christ the King Sunday and as we are in Matthew's gospel year it's from Matthew today and it actually uh follows the yeah it, it is actually the Directly. next section of scripture mm-hmm. so we're not we're not reaching um this is the next thing uh from last Sunday's gospel um uh, from Matthew 25 so uh we're this is uh the Sunday this is the week leading up to Sunday November 21st Proverbs 29, a.k.a. Christ the King. And before we get into that, I have to ask Charlotte a question. I just have a burning, burning desire to know. Where did you, Charlotte, see God in this past week? Um, This last week in San Diego was our annual convention. And as part of that time at convention, there is always a youth track that runs simultaneously to the convention. We poke in and out of the main convention to be there for different announcements and reports and things like that. But really the youth track is structured around a theme and that theme is always in relationship with where the youth are feeling called at this time. Mm -hmm. And so this year's theme was I will with God's help. And we spent a lot of time listening to speakers that talked about inclusion, that talked about diversity, that talked about justice, that talked about sustainability for the earth. And these were all things that had been identified by the youth as areas where they wish that they could affect change and areas where sometimes they feel as though they are powerless, that most of the things that happen in those regards are facilitated by adults And maybe the adults don't move as quickly as the youth would like us to on things. (laughs) And so what we were really leaning leaning into in these conversations was what can we as youth ministry in the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego with youth at the helm do in the next three years to affect change in these areas that they care deeply about, Mm -hmm. these places that they want to work for peace and justice. And at the end of the day, we came together and each of the three tracks identified three to five key takeaways that they wanted us to implement. And David, I simultaneously had like all the hair on my head standing up on end and tears running down my face by the end of the presentation because it's where we need to go. Mm -hmm. And God was there in that moment, right? That clarity of listening to each other, naming the things that are challenges in our society, and then talking about action steps of how we move forward. 
it was a really, really powerful experience. So cool. So cool. Um, we're going to move on to the, uh, our discussion of the gospel, but we, we again would always love to hear from you. You can email us any of your stories of where you saw God this past week or any stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can email us at faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org. And you, you can also contact us or follow us on Instagram at faith to go. And so we will get into the gospel for Sunday, November 22nd, proper 29, also Christ the King Sunday. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we'll each take some time to highlight a point, and then we will have a, a joint point. Shared point. <laughs> Matthew 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand at the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you. And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are the members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not give me clothing, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. All righty. So Matthew 25, 31 to 46 this is the very last section of Matthew 25. So, yeah, so this is really this is kind of the thing that Jesus that that the writer of Matthew's gospel leaves as the the lingering words of Jesus uh, to his disciples and to uh, all the people that are gathered in front of him. Again, you know, these, this is coming at the end of a few a few parables that we've talked about in the last couple days or a couple weeks, and it's about kind of the coming of the, the like return of, you know, like the the parable of the bridesmaids was about expe- expectation of the return of the bridegroom. The parable of the talents was like the expectation of the return of the master to you know to take account of what people have used their resources for. 
uh, that, that they had been given. And then here we have this kind of uh, separating of the sheep and the goats uh, by Jesus. So it's a lot of uh, kind of, it is kind of apocalyptic, um, but this kind of gets into my first point is uh, my, my point, which is the first point, which is like, we, we don't have to think about apocalypse or apocalyptic literature or expression here from Jesus, apocalyptic teaching as like apocalypse as the, uh, the end times. There is definitely a, um, a, a feeling in apocalypse of something ending, but doesn't mean it's the end of time. It's like an ending maybe of a season and there's something new beginning. Apocalypse though, as in its Greek, uh, means a, a revelation, uh, an unveiling of something. So Jesus is kind of, I think I like to think about this as like Jesus inviting us not to feel threatened that at the end times peop, there will be a group of people that are damned to hell or whatever, eternal punishment, and a group of people that inherit the kingdom. I think this is Jesus's way of revealing to us that there are people who are living into the kingdom right now and there are people who are not. And that we're all invited to be part of the first group, the group he calls sheep. Um, and it's interesting that he doesn't say that all the nations come before the king. So that so there is like a judgment that is happening right now. That Think about it happening right now. Okay. Like there is behind this curtain of reality. There is a there is like a there is a judgment playing out where some people are living into the kingdom and some people are not. And the people that are living into the kingdom feel this abundance of the, of the reality of the kingdom. And the people who don't feel that they have lost something can, can, can tell that and, and are, are living into a feeling of like eternal hopelessness, punishment, mm-hmm. fear, scarcity. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to see one thing that struck me when you just read that, Charlotte, that I hadn't even thought of before when we were talking about you know what we wanted to talk about was that Jesus doesn't say all the nations, all the Christians came before him or all the faithful people came mm-hmm. before him and were separated. It's everybody, all the nations came before him and they didn't step out, separate the ones who believed in Jesus or said Jesus was this thing or that thing and then all the ones that didn't. It was based solely on action, solely yeah. on how people lived with one another, you know? It was not the people that believed the right thing were separated over here and the people that believed the wrong thing were separated over here. It was every single person from every single, from the whole world. And it all depended on, are you living into your responsibility to one another, to loving one another, to giving up of your resources if you have a lot, to people who have less, to live into the equality of the kingdom of heaven. And when you're doing that, you are inheriting something that God has desired you to have since the beginning of the world, since forever. So it's not so much that Jesus can see into the future and see, oh man, someday you guys watch out. You're going to be judged. The son of man (laughs) is going to go up into the heavens, sit on the throne and judge you in X number of years. It's like, you've got to live into this reality now. Come on, people. Like, there is something more here for you now. And, and you are responsible to one another. 
And guess what? I don't care what you believe, who believes which thing, who's part of which faction and which sect. I care how you treat one another. This is what's most important because how you treat one another is the thing that is going to give you this inheritance that is going you when you treat one another this way you are living into the kingdom of heaven and that's mm-hmm. happening right now that's not happening later that's not happening yeah. when you finally take this account it's happening at this moment he's pulling back the veil saying this separation is already happening people are already separating themselves into the people that are able to live into the kingdom and those who are not but guess what i want everybody to live into the kingdom <laughs> you know I don't want people to, I don't want there to be goats. You know, I just want there to be sheep. And that is, you know, that's the goal, I think, of this whole teaching. Not to be ominous, but to be a truth teller and to encourage uh, people to recognize what their call is from God. Yeah. And I think that to a little, to a certain extent, that goes into my point, which is point number two. Mm-hmm. Um which I am affectionately calling um, not using the Bible as a checklist. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But when I was thinking about this, as I was sitting with the scripture this week and preparing for our conversation today, I was thinking about how Jesus rattles off a list as Jesus is wont to do. You know, he, he likes to name things in groups, certainly. But in this instance, you know, he was like, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was in prison and you came and visited me. And, you know, our temptation in that is, okay, naked and give you clothes. I'm going to go clean out my closets. I'm going to take everything that I no longer want or need and put it in a bag and take it down to my local thrift shop or a homeless shelter so that people who have less than me can have something. And by doing that, then I'm doing that for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I can guarantee you as a person who has cleaned out my closet a lot of times in my life that never when I have cleaned out my closet, have I actually felt like I was hanging out with Jesus. Right. Right. And I want us to recognize the fact that charity and justice are not the same thing. And that maybe what we're being called to in this, maybe what we're being pushed to in this is identifying how we build relationships with people who are in that place of having less than where they are feeling marginalized, where they are, where their lives are challenging and hard. And in those times when we are in a place of abundance, um, when we are successfully navigating our lives and living well into them. And while it's important to provide coats and blankets and shelter and food and, 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 all of those things are really important. It's also, it's more important, my opinion, just going to put it out there. It's more important to really see each other, <laughs> to <clears throat> offer comfort, to offer connection, to build relationships, and to then take it even one step further than that and consider how do we affect change in a way where people don't have to be hungry, mm. where they don't have to be naked and without shelter, where prison is a life sentence that you never recover from, mm-hmm. even after you have served your time and come back out into the world. Mm-hmm. How are we called, how are we pushed to work towards that? And what is holding us back from doing it? Yeah. 
Yeah, and, the, and I think it's interesting because I also like when I think of when someone mentions Matthew twenty five, and I think about it, I think so much about like how it's it's calling us to like give resources out to people. So I have resources and I give them away, and I always I don't recog- I don't remember that like half of the directives here are not about material resources at all (laughs) you know it's like welcome you welcomed the stranger that's Mm -hmm. not that's like that's about a spiritual and and relational resource you know you visited me in prison um yeah and i was sick and you took care of me so we have we have like food you know water and um clothing but then we have welcome visitation and hospitality you know it's like and those things require something more of us than just having too many too many too many pairs of shoes in the closet that we actually need you know like that is pushing us to relationship and so relationship is the thing that helps us that creates the inheritance of the kingdom of heaven not just getting rid of stuff we don't want anymore but like being genuinely affected and vulnerable with people, with the stranger, yeah. with the sick person, with the prisoner. These are all people that make us uncomfortable in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, we are uncomfortable with sickness. <laughs> we are uncomfortable with the imprisoned. We are uncomfortable with the stranger. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm going to be in the one that you feel least comfortable being in relationship with. So what are you going to do about that? Um, and then to your, I think your, your, the last thing you said, um, kind of gets us into the the third point because what what struck me another thing that struck me in this uh is that like he's in the story he's bringing together this first group of people the sheep who have done the right things but didn't realize they were doing the things that jesus was gonna require of Mm -hmm. them right so it's like they are surprised to learn that they had done things that 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 Jesus was or the king in the story was interested in them doing um, for their to inherit the kingdom of heaven. So it's like it's interesting to think about that, how like we can't now do that. You know, we know <laughs> we've we've read the story. We know too much to claim that, <laughs> you know, we did it um, without recognizing that we were supposed to, you know, but but I think it's an interesting thing to like to to question our motivation and to strive for the kind of the kind of action that this group of people did which was to do it without knowing that they were supposed to without knowing that they were going to be rewarded in some way um but doing it because it was kind of the most their most natural way of being in relationship with the people around them and with the world around them And so, you know, I think we have a lot of, I don't think it's about, I'm not saying that we need to like, I'm not saying that we, there's like a, a motivational goal or that there's like a right and a wrong reason for doing these things, but that we will live into the kingdom of heaven most fully as we grow in our motivation, you know, as we like. And I don't I don't really know how exactly to describe it, but it's like there if it's okay, wherever whatever the starting point is, whether it's I'm doing this because like you said, this is my checklist for Matthew twenty five, 
or I'm doing this because it makes me feel good or I'm doing this because I need community service hours or I'm doing this because I have too many clothes in my closet. Like wherever we're starting is great, but that there is a journey that we're invited to go on as we open ourselves to the vulnerability of these actions that when we begin, when we really live into this invitation and we begin to see Jesus and the people that we believe that we, that we are least comfortable being around, that we see Jesus in the situations that we are least expect Jesus to be in, that something grows in us, something is different in us, something is cultivated in us that's beyond the checklist, that's beyond the feeling good, that's beyond the getting rid of extra stuff. It, it is, that is really living, we're doing it, we're not doing it be, so that we can get sorted into the right house and get into the kingdom of heaven. We're doing it because it is the only way that we can live anymore. It's like the only thing that we can do. It's that service is the most natural expression of our identity. And I'm, I, I'm not pretending like I'm, I am there <laughs> that I do that. I certainly don't do that, but like I just have this inkling. I have this, uh, this kind of, feeling like that's kind of where Jesus is also inviting us is like on this journey. If this journey is unfolding right now, you know, even if we're doing the things, becoming aware of why we're doing the things, knowing what our motivation are is and knowing that there's something more to it than that. And that that will help us to continually inherit in a deeper and deeper way. This, the kingdom of heaven. Well, and I think that there is also the possibility then to reflect back just a couple of weeks, right? We had the Beatitudes on All Saints Sunday. Um, and one of those are blessed is the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And everything that you're saying right now, David, as we were exploring point three, to me, that is becoming pure in heart, right? That your motivations come to this place. And you and I talked about this a little bit before the show. Purity is a, a loaded word. Mm -hmm. um, it, it can have meaning for people that isn't necessarily the intent of how I interpret it in this situation. Um, but it's, for me, it's, I think the word that I would use as I'm listening to what you said and processing this whole thing is wholeness. Mm -hmm. I think for me, that's where I come into it. Like when we are in a whole relationship with Christ and in a whole relationship with each other, then we are living with our whole heart. Yeah. And when we are living that way, then we are kingdom people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for me, purity also equals wholeness. Mm -hmm. that, that That's the whole package, all of us mm -hmm. in there. And it lives into the fact of our willingness to see Christ in each other. Mm -hmm. When we are looking at the person that is the most challenging for us to see Christ in, whether that be in one of the situations that are named here in this gospel, or whether there's someone else that challenges you. And maybe that's a timely reminder as we head into Thanksgiving and great uncle Harry, who makes you crazy, is going to be sitting across the table from you, right? Mm -hmm. That we are called to see Christ in great uncle Harry too. Mm -hmm. Um, that all of those relationships that challenge us afford us the opportunity to create wholeness with another person. 
And that doesn't mean that we have to marginalize ourselves or discount our feelings. That doesn't mean that. Seeing Christ in another person is not saying that my feelings are not real and my feelings are not valid. Um, it is beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, that things can, that it can be a both and situation, but that we are called to continually evolve in the journey to this place of wholeness. Yeah. yeah. And so I think I think that's that's a great place to to end. Um, and that's our that's our three points. So the first point, which was mine, uh, was like was this this invitation to think about this story as something kind of unfolding and ongoing, um, to to reexamine how we think about this in terms of chronological time that Jesus is inviting everyone all the time everywhere to be aware of how we're which where we're sorting ourselves. You know, are we sorting ourselves into the group? that is being left out of the kingdom? Are we leaving ourselves out of the kingdom of heaven that we are that we can all inherit or are we living into that reality? And I'm sure at every at different times of the day we're each doing both. Um uh Charlotte's was point number 2 and it was about kind of going deeper than the instructions, not thinking about this as just like a checklist of things to do, but um you know, that we are that Jesus is is ask, that the each of these tasks asks something more of us. Uh, asks us to go deeper and deeper into our resources until we have, you know, everybody is given kind of equality and the resources are spread out equally. But we are asked to be kind of uncomfortable. You know, if we're doing this mm-hmm. in a comfortable way, we're probably not doing it right. <laughs> um, not necessarily that there's a right way to do it, but, <laughs> you know, just if we're really comfortable doing all this stuff, that means we like invited to examine that. And then that kind of goes to the third point, which was becoming aware of our motivations and that we are kind of on a journey, our motivational journey, you know, what be growing in, in our motivation towards that kind of wholeness, that kind of integration where these things aren't things that we have to make ourselves go out and do, but they are just the most natural way that we live into the world, that we live our lives and that we can, we can become, uh, we can live into that reality of the kingdom of heaven. So, Having heard that discussion, we invite you to go back and check out Matthew 25, 31 to 46, if you have time. Uh, we would love to hear from you. You can email us, faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org. You can contact us through or follow us on Instagram, at faith to go. We'd love to hear if you have any more thoughts about this gospel, if you have any questions, comments, or stories from your week, with, week of faith discussion. We'll be back next week, November 29th. With First Sunday Advent of Advent. One. <laughs> Advent one. <laughs> Crazy. Um, and we are hoping to line up a guest that will be with us all of Advent. So that'll be fun. That's right. Kind of having a, a third voice for the whole season and seeing how things unfold there. And so we will uh, be back with you next week. And until then, we say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.